0: Hallelujah. Amen. Let's look into God's Word. John chapter 21 verses 18 to 22. John chapter 21 verses 18 to 22. Somebody can read it out for us. Amen. Lord, when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives, release grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of God's word effective. In Jesus' name, we speak against every resistance that stands against the proclamation of God's word. Every critical spirit, we bind you in the name of Jesus and we take victory in the house. To God be the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Lord, what about him? Amen. Today's message is titled, Mind Your Own Business. Mind your own business. Praise the Lord. Mind your own business. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor. Neighbor. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. I don't know how many times you would have told this to someone to mind their own business. Well, we all, we all have at one time or the other... If not expressed verbally, at least said these words in your mind. Why don't you mind your own business? Amen. Well, in essence, Jesus is telling Peter, What is that to you? Mind your own business. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, we all have this curious mind at times, and we want to know about others. Sometimes a little bit more than what we really need to know. Praise God. Now, Peter is asking not anyone else but Jesus, who can actually give you the insight and the foresight about everyone. Now, Peter, there is a reason that Peter raises this question. It is at the heels of a pronouncement or a preview into his own future that causes this curiosity in him build up, and he's asking, what about him? To that, Jesus says, what? Jesus says, what is that to you? Hmm. All right. You know, when you read the scripture, it's very interesting as to how Christ is able to deal with everything everyone. Christ has this ability to deal with each and every one of us in a unique way. Touch us in a unique way. Open our understanding in a unique way. Give us a preview into our own lives in a way that you cannot get from any horoscope. How many of you guys are in the habit of Looking and reading into horoscope. Nobody? Huh? Most of the people. They stop reading the horoscope. When they find that. Then the horoscope. There is nothing but horoscope. But Jesus. When he gives us a preview. Into our lives. It is not to. Create within us a fear. But an assurance. Of the purpose of God. Praise God. Hey. Looking into the context. Of what has been brewing. In this conversation. Between Jesus. And his disciple Peter. We see that Christ. Has created. This situation. Or Christ has orchestrated. Events. In such a manner. That he's wooing. Peter back to his original position that where Peter ought to be. Peter is scheduled to be up on the mountain. Christ has beckoned his disciples to go up to the mountain, but instead of being on the mountain, we see that Peter was where? Where was Peter? Anybody? Where was Peter? Wow. Instead of being on the mountain, Stacy, where was Peter? Huh? I want a better answer than that. Instead of being on the mountain, Peter was on the beach. Of course he was fishing. Quite often when Christ is beckoning us, to loftier places, we tend to settle for shallow experiences. When Christ is asking us to climb up, I want to transmit. I want to share something. I want to deposit my word and my counsel into you. We quite often, we are doing something which is diabolically opposed to the call and the beckoning of Christ. Praise God. Thank God that Christ will not leave us Hanging, or Christ would not leave us where we are, but Christ does something which is very unique. Christ is able to connect the now, the now with then. In other words, Christ is able to connect the present with the past. What do you mean? Well, How many of you know what deja vu is? Hmm? Well, Christ orchestrates an event in such a manner that he uses the choice that Peter has made to go back into his old lifestyle, but at the same time, Jesus is on the scene making sure that he comes back on the track where he ought to be when you and i are derailed from the purpose of god god would not see and look at you and me and say well you are derailed that's good i'm gonna leave you as you are it serves good or you deserve it but rather than that Christ is that morning on that beach waiting, orchestrating an event, an episode in his life so that Peter can be connected to his call and to his commitment. Praise God. Peter and the disciples are fishing and Jesus comes starts a fire and he calls, says, hey guys, bring in, let's have breakfast. And these guys says, we are what? We are bankrupt. We caught nothing. And so Christ tells them, gives them the instruction and they have a huge hall. And as they have this huge hall, Peter is connected to that first episode in his life an encounter that he had with Jesus, where he decided that he's going to leave everything that he had and would follow Jesus. Only Christ can come to the point of our failures. Only Christ can come to the point of our defeat and turn our minds, turn our drives, turn our desires, turn our purpose, and put us back on the track. And for this, what he does is he brings to his memory. In other words, there is an event that transpires there, which triggers his memory and takes him down the memory lane and reminds him the commitment that he has made with the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever you and I turn away from any commitments that you and I have made with the Lord Jesus, the Lord of all, the sovereign God is able to come and trigger that memory by ushering an event, an incident, an episode, a person so that you and I will have yet another opportunity to be on the track with the Lord Jesus Christ Christ is the great connector Jesus is the great connector he's not only the great connector who connects You to the Father, for he says, I am the way. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. I am the connector that connects you with my heavenly Father. He not only can connect you to your heavenly Father, he is able to connect your present with your future, and your present with the the future and your past. Christ can connect where you are to your past and he can connect where you are to the future because the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well... In the life of Jesus, in the life of Peter, Christ, the great connector, number one, he connects it by using the fish. Praise God. What about the fish? Well, Peter was a fisherman, and we know everything. The first connecting point Jesus uses is the fish. The catch. Today, Peter, you are empty. You are bankrupt. You are busted. There is nothing that you have. Well, it was so one day in the past. But today, I'm going to change your status. From a bankrupt and an empty boat, I'm going to fill it with so much goods that you will not be able to handle the blessing. How many of you guys have ever been in a place where you had so much blessing that you could not handle it? How many of you had it? Well, people are afraid to acknowledge because you are afraid that as soon as we say, Amen. Somebody will come up to you and say, hey man, you are overflowing blessing. How about sharing some of your oh. So people who are full, people who are overflowing, guess what? They're always under undercover, yeah. They give the, they they disguise themselves as broke. Some are even afraid to put their tithes to the church because they are afraid that the church will find out they got so much. Man. You and I should be in a place saying, Lord, fill me. (laughs) Fill me. And let me overflow. And when I overflow, let the world see that I am overflowing. I am overflowing. Not because I'm smart. I'm overflowing. Not because I'm wise. I'm overflowing. Not because I'm a wizard. I am not. I'm overflowing. Not because I'm brilliant. I am overflowing. Because I am linked and aligned to Jesus. And I moved as Jesus said. And I went forward as Jesus said. I was in his direction as he directed, as he guided. I went forward and behold, I am full. How many of you guys would like to have that? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Jesus filled him up. And immediately he could connect with what happened years ago. Deja vu. Man, it's not just, just a thought that I was there or this happened to me, but it's a repetition of what has happened in my past. Oh, man, guys. Wouldn't you like to have a repetition, a rerun of what happened in your life in the past when God not emptied you, but filled you up? Praise God. He fills him up and connects it with the story in the past where the man made a commitment to follow Jesus. The great connector uses the fish. Not only the fish, but he uses what? The fire. Praise God. Hey, a few days ago, Peter sat by a fire. It was cold. As the dawn was breaking, it was cold. And he came and he took shelter in the courtyard of the high priest as they were brewing up a fire. And as he was sitting by the fire, warming himself, praise God, something happened in his life where the Bible says he denied Jesus three times. And Jesus, the great connector, comes to the beach and he's this what? He starts a fire. The master is sitting by the fire and he calls his disciples by the fire. He serves them breakfast and he asks a question in the light of that glowing, burning fire. He looks into the soul of Peter and asks him a burning question. Peter, do you love me more than this? Praise God. Peter, a few days ago, by a fire just like this, you said you don't know You said that you have nothing to do with me. When the people said your talk, your slang, your language betrays you, you said, come on, and he cursed his way out. And right now, in that beach, and as the dawn was breaking, by that fire, Jesus asked him that question, do you love me more than? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. When your love for him dampens and becomes cold, the master comes, praise God, stirs up, The fire in you, so that you will be like what you used to be, full of fire. The fire of passion, the fire of love, the fire of commitment, the fire of devotion, the fire of evangelism, the fire of dedication. Let me ask you this morning, is the fire of love for Jesus burning within you? Praise God. Christ can orchestrate, orchestrate events in your life in such a manner that he can tell you "Are you back in the first love. Praise God. Do you still love him? Praise God. Christ in essence is saying, Peter, I have ignited this physical fire to remind you of that fire. But no, I'm not going to take you on a guilt trip. The purpose of this fire is not to take you on a guilt trip. But the purpose of this fire is to remind you of that fire. That fire should remind you how far you went away from me. But this fire has been ignited so that I can ignite a fire in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. No wonder God used Peter and John to bring down fire from heaven. Where, 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 church, huh? In Samaria. Praise God. God, after. After igniting the fire of passion and love in him, used Peter and John in Samaria to bring the fire from heaven. What kind of fire? Holy Spirit fire. Praise God. So this morning... Church, if he's beckoning you to a place where you can come back to him, where you can be reinstated to him, restored to fellowship, restored to the first now, he not only wants to ignite a fire in you, he wants to make you a trailblazer, one who will ignite fire of the Holy Spirit as you go along. Praise God. You and I cannot ignite fire of the Holy Spirit unless you allow the spirit of fire or the Holy Spirit fire to consume us, to burn within us. Then you become one who can ignite fire Fire as you worship, as you preach, as you teach, as you minister, you become an agent, you become an instrument in the hands of God that can ignite fire in the life of people. Praise God. Yes, Jesus, the great connector. Praise God. He uses the fish, He uses the fire, and what else? The future. It connects the past, the present, and the future. <laughs> Peter once said, "Lord, even if everybody, if, even if everybody desert you, forsake you, me, you know me. You know me. What? I'm gonna do what? I'm gonna die for you." Praise God. Well, Jesus takes that memory. <laughs> Praise God. The words that was pronounced from his mouth. <laughs> when Peter pronounced that verse, he was on the top. But now he's crushed. He's down in the bottom. <laughs> Praise God. Sagging spirits. Disappointed. Oh, he's a failure. Things a failure. Jesus looks at him, takes that, and catapults him into the future and tells him, listen, when you came here today, you girded your loins and you came. But when you become old, someone else is going to gird your loins and take you to a place where you would not desire and thereby you will glorify God. Peter, once you said, in the moment of emotion, when your and zeal was high, you said that you're going to die for me. I want to give you a preview. I want to tell you that you will indeed die for me. But when? When you become old. Praise God. When God gives you a preview, Praise God. You have to carefully hear him out. Because within the previews that God gives, praise God, it's volumes that God can stack into. Praise God. God, Jesus was saying in essence that you are going to what? Huh? Huh? You think everything is over with the beach and I am here to tell you that everything is not over with the beach. If you are not going back to fishing, you are going back to become a fishers of men and one day you will lay down your life just like you told me. Praise God. How many of you would like to lay down your life for Jesus? Oh, pastor, you're making it. Very hard. Praise God. I think it was Machin who used to say before you are ready to give up your life, learn to huh live for Jesus. And as in Carnavich Jeevan Kodukin and on the Shedik, Jeevikianoka. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. So Jesus gives this man the preview. And as Jesus is talking to him about the future, Peter gets distracted. (laughs) He hears a voice in the back, and he turns around and sees who? John. Immediately, his mind slips, and he asks the question, what about When God is speaking to you about you, how often we think about someone else? Have you been under a preaching where the Lord is speaking to you, and immediately in your mind, you are thinking, wow, I wish he was there and she was there, because you feel it's for. Distractions can derail you from your destiny. When God is speaking into your life, when God is speaking about you, how often we are thinking about someone else. And this was a norm with Peter. Remember the first episode when the Lord filled his boat with fish? He comes out to the beach and he tells the Lord, Lord, depart from me for I am a sinner. Hey, when God is pumped, you up when God is filling you up when you are overflowing you know instead of keeping your eyes on Jesus you look at what yourself and you tend to come to that point and say oh Lord I'm a sinner I'm an unworthy person yeah maybe you are un- The grace that you and I have received in our lives Is not because we were worthy As unworthy as we were He was gracious to us Celebrate the life that God has given you Praise God Distracted, looked at himself Praise God Doesn't end there He's distracted again. The man did something that no one on earth has ever done. What was that? What was that? He walked on the water. But as he was walking on the water, instead of looking at Jesus and continue that walk, the Bible says he took his eyes away from Jesus. And he looked at the winds and the waves that were boisterous. And the Bible said he started going down. When you take your eyes off Jesus, you will go Praise God. When Jesus does the impossible for you, as you live the impossible, as you live in the realm of impossible, as you experience the impossible realms of God, don't take your eyes off Jesus and look at the circumstances. If you would look at the circumstances, you will go down. Peter went down. (laughs) But thank God. Jesus did not let him go down. Praise God. Let me run. Hallelujah. Yes. Coming down to what we are talking about. Peter looked at John. Jesus is speaking into his life. He looks at John and said, What about him? Don't we do that? Don't we ask ourselves, Lord, how come he's getting all the blessings? (laughs) I talk to people, and people talk to me about this all the time. Lord, what about him? He seems to be doing good. Huh? His family is blessed. He has a ministry. He's thriving. He's prosperous. Lord, what about him? What about his children? What about his education? What about his work? How about me? Don't we do that? Don't we try to compare ourselves with someone else? You think Jesus told Peter what's going to happen to John? Can you imagine if Jesus were going to tell Peter what's going to happen to John? Peter is saying, Lord... You just said that I'm going to be crucified. And this guy, it seems as if he's going to be going cruising. (laughs) Well, history tells us John did not have a cruising lifestyle. Yes, he outlived all the other disciples. But Irenaeus, who was a disciple of Polycarp, who was a disciple of John the Beloved, he writes that John was poisoned, but he overcame it. John was put in the boiling pot of oil, but he overcame it. John was in the Isle of Patmos, exiled, but he overcame it. Folks, just because everything looks Good, fine, dandy with your neighbor, with your co-brother, with your fellow believer does not mean that he and she is going through a smooth sailing. There are challenges in their lives. There are hurdles in their lives. There are opposition in their lives. There are pressures in their life that you do not know about. Praise God. So don't try to covet someone else's blessing. Don't try to covet, not in your, not even in your mind, to be like someone else. Don't try to think in your mind, oh, I wish that I had what he had or what she had. God knows if you were to have what he has and what she has, that you would not even last a day. Hallelujah. Peter is saying, Lord, what about him? Jesus says, let's not talk about him, let's talk about you. This morning, as you're sitting here, he is talking to you about you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me more than these? Why did he ask Peter, Do you love me more than these? And how many times? Three times, because the underlying lesson was being, love for Christ is the only acceptable motive for service. Jesus said, If you love me, do what? feed my sheep. If you love me, tend my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. In other words, your service for God is directly linked to your affection and to your love to Jesus. In other words, God does not want you to do anything for him without loving him first. If you love me, my sheep. If you love me sing for me. If you love me play for me. If you love me serve for me. If you love me work for me. If you love me minister for me. Praise God. (laughs) How often we get into ministry (laughs) people get into ministry for various reasons. Some do it to kill their time. Some like the glamour and the glory that comes with it. Some do it for their kids. They don't want Christ to rule and reign in their lives for their lifestyle. It shows it, that Christ is, does not rule and reign in their lives. But they want their kids to be exposed to it. Nothing wrong with it. God wants you fast before your kids. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have parents come to me and say, we don't care if our children are not spiritual as long as they come to the church no that's a law bar if you only want your children in the church the church will turn into a club church is not a club church is a place where the living holy presence of god is manifested hallelujah praise god Hallelujah! as much as we want our children in the church we then want them to grow as Christ praise God hallelujah oh let me run praise God thank you Jesus Jesus tell Peter Peter forget about it you you follow me Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. You follow me. Thank you, Jesus. It's personal. You it's personal not someone else you Peter not John Peter not Andrew you it's a personal call you and I are unique before God you and I are not a number to God The government identifies you and me by our social security number, by your alien green card, by so many other numbers. But let me tell you, God identifies you by your name. He calls you by your name. You and I are linked not to a system, not to the social security system. You and I are linked to Jesus, the Lord of all. It's personal. The call is personal. You are not a number in the vast sea of humanity. You are a unique person and you have a unique call. You have a unique call. You have a unique mission unlike anyone else. Praise God. The mandate is very clear. Follow me. Follow me. Hey, you might have followers on Facebook. You might have followers on Twitter. Maybe you're following someone else. But let me tell you. Jesus says follow me. Follow me. You follow me. There is no ambiguity about it. Follow Jesus. Jesus. Look to Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith. Look to I'm not done we'll continue gobbling next week I want you to rise up before the Lord thank you Father Jesus thank you Father oh yes you're unique to God you have a unique calling you have a unique mission you have a unique ministry Praise God. Oh, Jesus is beckoning you. If you're supposed to be in the mountain and if you're in the beach, He's saying, You follow. Who are you following? Who are you following? Anyone else? fire burning in you fire of love passion zeal fervor are you in love with Jesus if you are in love with Jesus he wants you to get involved in his service praise God oh the prerequisite for getting involved serving in his majesty's service is that you love him My Father, we yield our lives to you this morning. Father, we pray that your word will resound in our ears. Challenge us! Yank us out of our lethargic state. Yank us out of our shallow status. Yank us out of the place that we are content and has gone stale and moldy. And I pray that you will.